Hey, DJ Flook here from Stadium Scenes Main Event. Networking has become more important than ever, so why are you still carrying around paper business cards that end up lost or in the trash? Our friends at Link have created a solution to that problem by getting your contact info directly into that person's phone with a simple tap from your plastic business card, a bracelet, or even an Apple Watch band. When it's time to update your contact info, make the change in their easy-to-use networking app. For listeners of Stadium Scenes Made Event, you can save 15% by typing in promo code StadiumScene, that's all one word, at checkout. To learn more, visit linkapp.com. That's L I N Q A P P.com. Today's Stadium Seed podcast is brought to you by. Hey, Kate, what's the hardest part about going to the game? Finding the closest beer vendor? Hmm, close, but not quite. Parking? Parking! When I need to find parking before the game, I use ParkWiz. It's easy to use, and I always find the best rates near the venue I am heading to. How does that work? You purchase your parking pass on ParkWiz.com, and you receive a barcode. Either scan your barcode at the garage entrance, or show your pass to the attendant. Your license plate acts as your permit. So, no shady dude with a sign leading your car down a random alley anymore? Nope. ParkWiz has a parking guarantee that if your spot is not available, you get your money back. That sounds great. What do we need to do? Visit stadiumscene.com forward slash parkwiz and buy your parking pass today. They also have apps for your iPhone and Android devices. Now that those parking issues are solved, I'm going to go find that beer stand. (sighs) Stadiumscene.com forward slash parkwiz. P-A-R-K-W-H-I-Z. And welcome to the seventh episode of the Stadium Scene Podcast. I'm your host, DJ Flook, in Phoenix, fresh off of a scorpion hunt. And with me, as always, is Kate Thompson in Chicago and Jillian Fisher in Boston. So, hello, everyone. Hello. Hello, hello. So, as you preface, sir, go back to what I was saying before. Um, This is prime scorpion season right now here in Phoenix. And, uh, you know, once it starts to get up into the hundreds, it's warm. They come out earlier, but when it gets to the hundreds, it's now too hot for them. So now they try to come inside your house where it's cooler. Oh, get out of here with that. No, no scorpions allowed. We've had seven in the house in the last week. Oh, one, you, tried, you weren't kidding. One, one of them... And, and, you know, it, it's partially, well, it's, it, it is my fault. I, I will take the blame here because our garage is not properly sealed. It's been on my list of things to do since we moved in last summer. Um, but this morning, my wife went outside to go or go let the dogs outside. And she walked up to the back sliding door where the curtain is. And she went to put her hand on the curtain and jumped back because there was a scorpion at eye level on the on the curtain. So that was, uh, and of course, you know, I get a text message and a phone call freaking out. And I'm like, just kill it, please. I can't drop the and come home every time there's a scorpion in the house, especially this week. And she left it there. It, it actually stayed in the same spot all day, and I had to come home and kill it. So, um, How does it, one kill a scorpion for, so, for those of us who have never encountered one? Well, unless you well, are on a United uh, flight. You know, every, yeah, right. Everyone has their own weapon of choice. My personal preference is the 16-ounce uh, rubber mallet. 
Oh, that sounds gross. It's all crunchy then. Ew. Oh, no. Yeah. You know, and if you do it light enough, you know, it just kind of flattens it. But if you kind of give it a good swing, uh, it just becomes goo, literally. Oh. So, so now that I've alienated our entire audience that is listening so far, thank you, by the way, for those who've downloaded. We've had some really good numbers as you know, the episodes have picked up. Um, so thank you for that. Uh, let's let's go ahead and kick uh, kick off the show. So Jillian, I happened to be on Instagram last <laughs> week, and a video popped up in my feed with you standing on top of a car with a sledgehammer smashing a car with a sledgehammer. Yeah, that's. I mean, is that not a normal day for you guys? Like, you don't just walk around with sledgehammers smashing cars. Not in my world. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so it's something, uh, if you've been following the Stanley Cup playoffs, you will have seen that in Nashville, they have, they call it Smashville there, and um, they have something called the Smash Car. So for every round they have played, they get a car that's donated, and they have somebody custom paint the logo of the team that they're playing. So round one was Chicago, round two, St. Louis. Let's, let's not round talk about three, round one. Sorry, no, round one didn't exist. Uh, <laughs> round three was Anaheim, and now it's uh, Pittsburgh. So what you do is you go, it's right outside of Bridgestone. So if you've ever been to the area, or if you haven't, there's Broadway, which is the main touristy street in Nashville, and Bridgestone Arena is right on that. So you go right right to Bridgestone, and it's re- literally right out front, the main entrance, and it's it's a, it's fenced in, so you can't you can't just walk up there and take a sledgehammer. You have to sign a waiver. And you donate money to the Nashville Predators Foundation. So you are hitting the car for a good cause. Of course. And um, it's, I think it was $10 for three hits. So it's $5 for one hit, $10 for three. And for $20, you get a cowboy hat and three hits. And it's. <laughs> I don't recall seeing a cowboy hat. No, I did not pay the $20 to get a cowboy hat, unfortunately. <laughs> um, I, I actually. But it was really cool because I believe. The first time I went to Nashville, I actually went into one of those country stores and I bought myself a cowboy hat and I wore it. I actually wore it to the Predators game. It looked absolutely ridiculous, worse than usual. <laughs> That's what's, what's here's the thing. What's cool about Nashville is like I say, hockey and cowboy boots makes perfect sense there. So, uh, but just the energy outside of the arena. I know I'm actually going there on Saturday just for game one. Because you don't need to even get a ticket into the stadium because they we'll talk about this later in the show, but they have a whole setup uh, for the Stanley Cup final. But for the for the Western Conference final game six, they had a viewing party outside. I got there four hours before puck drop and there were already people waiting like in their spots waiting. So the energy outside of that arena was just absolutely insane. And they had, I think, an estimated four thousand people just outside of the stadium and after the game, I, we left the stadium and completely shut down Broadway. I ended up getting on some guy's shoulders and just getting a view of Broadway being completely shut down because people were just in the middle of the street partying. So um, it was uh, one of those things where, you know, I, you're nervous when you go because you're like, okay, I could be investing a lot of time and money and energy. And if they lose, this is going to be horrible. But if they win, it's going to be epic. <laughs> 
much to the similarity of the time I went to the Steve Bartman game at Chicago at the Cubs. Yeah, that yeah. Was, except that, that worked out in the opposite favor, as we're all aware of now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, and I also understand that you got in a fight with a real saber-tooth uh, cat from the pictures and video of all the bruises all over your body. What the hell yes. were you doing? So we should probably post these pictures somewhere so you guys can see. Uh, if you, it's so funny. Anybody that has seen me has been like, what the heck happened to your legs on my right leg, my upper thigh, like my quad area and on my left as well, just these wicked bruises. So what happened was people in Nashville were so excited. Like when people talk about Nashville and the media talks about them, everything they're saying is true with how really into it the fans are. They're wild about it. And at the end of the game, when they won, there was some pure joyful chaos that ensued. <laughs> and I joke that I got aggressively hugged, like some, you know, like how you're hugging your street, like the neighbors next to you. And somebody aggressively hugged me and knocked me into the row in front of me. Oh. So I literally toppled over into the row in front of me and ended up. And I, I, the craziest part is that I did not feel these bruises <laughs> until I woke up in the morning. And I wasn't. I had. I had a shot of tequila with some Nashville fans. They were, you know, feeling good. But I wasn't drunk, so it wasn't like, oh, like I didn't feel it because I was drunk. It was just that much adrenaline was pumping through me from all of the energy inside that arena that I didn't even feel these bruises on my. I mean, they take up my whole thigh, really, <laughs> and. And I mean, and they're deep, like my legs, like when you would put your hand over the bruises, they were swollen. And I woke up in the morning and I was like, oh my God, what happened to me? And I was like, oh, that time when that guy hugged me and knocked me into the row, that is what happened. So it's safe to say Smashville was a smashing success. I would say so. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so let's just fingers crossed they can pick it up. And uh, give the Pens a run for their money in the final. See, and, and from our last episode, I told you to go to Jack's Barbecue. I'm guessing that probably didn't happen. It did not happen. And, uh, so and, I spent a lot of time. And, and you know, the, the funny part is in one of your pictures that you took and posted, you can see the big Jack's neon sign yes. in the background. I'm like, you're so close. <laughs> yeah, it was. Well, so in that picture, I was in the middle. That was a really cool picture. So if you haven't checked it out, you can check it out on Instagram. Um and it's they gave away rally towels, which I freaking love rally towels. And I was standing in the middle of Broadway because it was shut down with my rally towel in my hand. And Jax is just literally right behind me. But there was a, a line at Toots, uh, Tootsie's to get in. And I was really into going there because it just seemed like a lot of fun. So that's where I ended up going that night. Do you know there's actually I, – I should have, you know, in my poor preparation. Uh, there's actually <laughs> – there's a bar – not that far from Bridgestone Arena. Um, and we have it featured on StadiumScene.com. And as I'm stalling for time, I'm, I'm looking it up. The, uh, they actually have line dancing lessons, like, as part of, like, the bar services. <laughs> that would be really cool to do. If, like, where, where can I do this? Oh, if you, I need if to you can give me, another, you know, give me another 30 seconds, I'll find it. So the fun part after the game, though, was that every bar on Broadway was just packed. Like I cannot wait to get there Saturday, but every bar was just packed. And I always think I was out to like two o'clock in the morning. And I was like, guys, I need to call it a night, but everybody was out in their Preds gear. It was just no, so funny you, to you hear can't. like live punch. You, you, yeah. <laughs> you've invested that much into it. You can't give up now. Uh, by the way, it's yeah. <laughs> wild horse saloon at one twenty second Avenue. Uh, just white horse saloon. 
Wild Horse Saloon. Wild Horse. Yeah, if I okay. remember correctly, it's it's close to the river. Okay, so okay, that's that's by like so the other side of the river is where the Titan Stadium is. Yes, so, okay. it's actually almost on the river itself. First Avenue is right on the river, oh, and okay. then Next Street is is second. Um, they actually were known for. Uh, the old there was a TV station in the '90s and early 2000s called TNN, known as the Nashville Network, up until like 2010. Yeah. I think it became Spike TV, maybe. Um, okay. They actually had like a reality show of the bar of Wild Horse Saloon. Um, so. Oh. Yeah, so they you know it's it's your typical Nashville place. You know, with the live country music, you've got the barbecue, you've got the line dancing, and if you hit hit it at the right time, they do free line dancing lessons. So you you know get in there, dance a bit and look like a fool and have some fun that is what it's all about just have you know be able to laugh at yourself try new things that's what this is all about so speaking of try new things Mm -hmm. i I actually uh just went to los angeles for the first time technically second time if you count a, a layover at lax but my the first time on the ground in los angeles um i i uh Went off to Angel Stadium. Uh, I actually got invited to a private party at Angel Stadium. What? Yeah, and uh, so I go into Angel Stadium. I walk right in with my, you know, my VIP badge. I felt pretty awesome. So I walked in the door, and they're like, "Oh, right this way, sir." I'm like, "This is the first problem. They're calling me sir." Yeah, um, <laughs> they gave you the special treatment. Yeah, so I, I walk, you know, when you walk in in the home plate entrance, if you've ever seen Angel Stadium, it's got the giant bats and the helmet the giant helmets and so you walk right in the home plate entrance and the first thing you see right in front of you is the lexus club and it's this giant you know it's a stadium club and it, it's a big stadium club it's right behind home plate and you know they have like the the bar open and the you know the buffet line and and you know you work your way in and and so i were hanging out um you know they had like a self-guided tour the next thing i know uh i'm downstairs signing a waiver to take batting practice under the stadium in in like where the the visiting team actually does their batting practice and uh, i have a video of that i've debated whether or not i would like i'll share that with the public uh <laughs> you should i think i should too I'll yeah do, yeah i'll share it. it it wasn't horrible i think kate you saw it didn't you yeah you missed like everyone i did not okay. miss everyone that's that's garbage <laughs> i missed like one of them i think i completely missed one of them <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, so I'm, I'm taking batting practice, and I get done, and I'm walking away, and I go back to the elevator to go back up to the Lexus Club, and I, you know, I run into someone I know, and we're we're talking to, you know, they have an elevator operator in there, and and we go to the guy, hey, where's the where's the cool place to go in here? And he pushes another floor, and we stop at the next floor above the batting cages, and we get off, and the elevator door shuts, and we're kind of looking around this lobby, and we're like, um, not sure if I'm supposed to be here or not. <laughs> So we're walking around, and I look over to the right, and I see a, a set of double doors labeled Visitor's Clubhouse. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, and so I'm, you know, I'm with this, you know, these two guys I know, and we're just kind of like, are we supposed to be here or not? And so I kind of walk over, and I open the door and peek my head into the Visitor's Clubhouse, and there are people in there. So I'm like, oh, okay. And they're wearing the same badge as I was. So I'm like, okay, I guess we can be here. So I walk right into the visitors' clubhouse at Angel Stadium, and they have these like these recliner chairs in the middle of the locker room, and TVs everywhere. And it's you know it's a pretty decent sized locker room for being a visitor locker room. 
you know, the first thing I do is I go and I chill and I sit down and the guy I'm with goes to me, you know how many naked athletes have probably sat in those chairs? And I'm just like, oh, that, thank, thanks for ruining it, man. Things I didn't want to yeah, think of. Yeah, thanks a for lot. Sure. I appreciate that. So anyway, you know, I walked out and I ended up on the field and, uh, you know, it's nice. It's, you know, the stadium was built in the 60s. It's very well kept. You would never know walking into it that this place was built in the 60s. And it was also a football stadium and completely enclosed at one time. And over the last, you know, 20 years, after the Rams left, they started pulling seats out. You know, the Rams left a long, long time ago. But, you know, over the last 20 years, they pulled seats out. And it actually doesn't look like one of those crappy hybrid football-baseball stadiums anymore. It actually looks like it was intended for baseball. So, I mean, they've done a real nice job keeping up with the place over the year. So the next day, I went out to Dodger Stadium. I had a car. Uh, I drove from Anaheim to Dodger Stadium, which is right next to, to downtown L.A., during rush hour in L.A., and, you know, it's, it was like a 30-mile drive, and it wasn't too bad until you got to actual downtown. You know, I was going against traffic. You could see the other way traffic was stopped and backed out, but, you know, there weren't a lot of people actually going into L.A. from Anaheim at 5 o'clock um, on a Tuesday. So I get to Dodger Stadium, which is, like, up on a hill, like, next to downtown, and the parking lot entrance is actually at the bottom of a hill, and it literally took me 40 minutes from the point I got to the bottom of the hill to the point I handed my ticket to the guy uh, to get into the ballpark. And I, I literally just made it in time for first pitch. So I got there three innings before the rest of the Dodger fans did. But it was, uh, you know, I was kind of surprised. So travel tip, give yourself plenty of time, not only for L.A. traffic, but just to get to your spot uh, in the parking lot. So... You know, on the way out, I you know drove through Hollywood and saw Capitol Records, and I took a wrong turn and almost ended up driving into the employee entrance of CBS Television uh, City, where you know James Corden's studio is. Uh, you know, I knew right away when I see the guard at the gate just kind of looking at me like, "You don't belong here." And you know, it's ten o'clock at night, so I'm like, "You know what? I probably should turn around and leave." So, um, you know, that was. Uh, that was my experience in Los Angeles. So that was uh, it was a great time uh, driving around, and I'm hearing "I Love L.A." by Randy Newman in my head the whole time. <laughs> so I, I really you, enjoyed it. So what would you say is like your number one tip, like your number one travel recommendation? Give yourself plenty of time wherever you're going. Um, Anaheim's not too bad. I mean, if you go into John Wayne Airport, which is what what I took, uh, it's you know it's kind of off to the side. Not too terrible to get around Anaheim, but if you are going into L.A., it doesn't matter. It was ten o'clock at night, and I was stopped on the highway next to downtown from traffic. Oh, that is rough. Uh, I did later find out on the highway the exit just over. Uh, it was because they found a car pulled off to the side of the road with a dead body in it. So that was. Uh, you know, oh, that's well, well, time. morbid. Yeah, th- sorry. You know, I've done a real good job of, of you know killing the show today. So I'm I'm. Uh... Why don't we know. you for a little bit? I want to know about Jillian going to NASCAR. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually had a blast going to NASCAR. They 
Uh, I was in Charlotte Motor Speedway, so it worked out really well with Nashville. It's about a six-hour drive from Nashville for anybody who's curious. And you, it's a beautiful drive. You go through the mountains in Tennessee. Um, so it's a little stressful because you are driving through mountains. <laughs> and uh, I had the race starts Thursday, kind of. That's when qualifying starts. So I think the number one thing for me with NASCAR is there is a whole lot going on, like, I just thought that they just showed up on the day of the race and raced. Like, I didn't know there was all this other stuff going on. And I also just thought it was just NASCAR was the race. But they have the um, Xfinity Cup Series, and they have the Monster Energy Series. So the Monster Energy one is the big one, is the one of, like, all of the top athletes in NASCAR. And the Xfinity is kind of like the up-and-coming group of kids. It's more kind of like the minor league yeah, yeah, it's definitely still interesting, but it's it doesn't feel the stands the way it does in uh, for the the big race. And uh, this is their it was called their Coca Cola Six Hundred, which was that so it's the longest race of their season, six hundred laps, which is about four hundred miles, which takes about four hours. Uh, so it's plus, it's a lot plus rain of delay, plus a freaking rain delay. So I also did not know that they couldn't race in the rain. Because their tires have literally no tread. Like when you, I, I posted this on my Instagram story, but it's literally just a flat, like completely flat on there. Um, and so the weekend before actually is their All Star weekend, and that is also in Charlotte. So some people, the big thing with NASCAR is the camp is the stuff that actually isn't the race, which is really, if you think about it, so many of the other, so many sports are like that. It's everything that's going on outside of the stadium. And it's the same thing in NASCAR, what's going on outside of the racetrack. So people get down there really the week before for the, for the All-Star weekend, and they camp out for, you know, the one guy I was talking to, the, this total time is 18 days that he's camping out. And they get there. It's for, you know, you don't have to have a big RV to do it. They have room for people who camp just in tents. So it's if you're interested in that kind of stuff, you can do it. It's affordable. You rent spots and... It's a, it's a really strong community there. And it is there, you know, I've talked to a lot of people and I asked them what they thought about the stereotypes. And they're like, well, stereotypes are partially true. But, you know, with every sport, it they're still welcoming. They still want you to they still want you to see why they love it. And I, I always felt extremely welcomed to anybody I talked to when I was walking around there. And the sport also, a lot of the fans were concerned because they thought that, you know, the Every sport, major league sport in America is trying to find a way to reach millennials, to adapt the sport, to make it interesting with the new media that we have today and how everybody's pretty much watching games on Twitter. They're watching games on their computer. How do we keep people engaged? So, you know, the fans had lots of theories as to what NASCAR is doing right and doing wrong. But it's it's a really strong community there. And the one thing I will say is if you ever or if you ever think you might be slightly interested in it, go to a race even if you don't think you would like it i didn't think i would be a huge fan of it but when you go and you see just how fast they are going and how like they are literally inches away from each other whipping around the track it's so loud and it's just your adrenaline starts pumping you start getting you know anxious and eager to watch it because it's just it's like a spectacle i mean it it sounds i didn't understand why you know like they call the indy 500 like the greatest spectacle in sports Spectacle is the right word for it. It's and then this is NASCAR, so it's obviously a little different, but it's a motorsport, and it's just captivating when you're watching it. So, I don't know. You know I don't know if you would have known to ask this or not. One of the changes that NASCAR made this year was 
to try to make things a little more competitive and exciting and, and, you know, make every part of the race count instead of just the end. They actually split the race mm-hmm. into stages. Yes. Instead of running yes. 400 laps, they ran four 100 lap races and they put emphasis on, Hey, you won the first stage and you get bonus points and all that. So anybody yes. share their opinion on that? Cause it seems like it's kind of hit and miss as far as the, the fan base goes. A lot of, so the, a lot of the fans that I talked to, um, the ones that didn't like it and the, what's really cool about NASCAR fans is that they know how to talk to somebody who doesn't know anything about the sport. So that is one thing that did come up, especially because it's a major change. It, it's something that they used to have, if I understood correctly. It's something that existed a while ago. They got rid of it, and then they brought it back, from what I understood. That could have been my misunderstanding because I was learning a lot. And a lot of the fans that weren't a huge uh, – they, they weren't sold on it yet. Part of the problem was that they felt that there was just too many changes and that they could maybe change other things before they tried doing that. But a lot of the fans I talked to actually really liked it because they are very dedicated to their driver. And if that means that their driver can get more points and helps them get to the playoffs, then they were a fan of that. So, and I talked to a couple, I actually had the chance. NASCAR was so kind to let me, I got to interview two of uh, the drivers, uh, Austin, no, no, Ty Dillon. So Austin Dillon was who actually won the race. I interviewed his brother and Chris Busher. So I got to interview both of those athletes and or drivers and they both really liked it because for them it kind of that's a long race they have it's a very very tough race for them longest longest one in the schedule and the one thing i didn't know is that the drivers inside that car is like 135 degrees so they are it's it's really exhausting and you have to be mentally alert for the full four hours because things are constantly happening and if you're not alert you're, you could die so yeah there's uh, there's a reason why they do the phoenix race in march and november and not in yes. july <laughs> so yeah but the, the the players the the drivers seem to enjoy that change because it kind of made it a little more engaging and a lot of the fans that i talked to did like it and the ones that didn't like it were more just they thought nascar was changing too much and their bigger concern was how they treat different players differently, which is a problem in every single league. So just to start wrapping this, this topic up, um, I ha- I don't know if you happen to notice this, but there was a, uh, I saw a local news story in Charlotte the day after the race. And they were talking about how it takes them like a month to fix the track up after the infield people leave between the, like the garbage cleanup and then they have to come Mm -hmm. in and fix the dirt and put down new sod. Uh, and it's, I mean, it's, it's a mess. Like just all, you know, they, they're showing like, Oh, somebody left behind a couch and here's a inflatable swimming pool. And it's called Couchville. There's a place called Couchville in the middle of the, in the infield around turn one. So, So someone left a person there at the race. Oh, did that? Yeah. So this in this story, they said while we were going around looking, this lady, I guess she like fell asleep in her tent, and she woke up, and everybody was gone. They left her behind, and uh-huh. she didn't have her phone. She didn't have anything, and she was just like aimlessly like walking around the infield the day after the race. Oh and, my god! And they're like, "Do you need a ride somewhere?" And she's like, "No, no, I've got my friends are coming back to pick me up." I'm like, "Well, oh, some friends you are, or you know, leaving, I know. leaving her behind." 
What kind of friends leave? This is like <laughs> Home Alone, the NASCAR edition. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty sad. It's a, it's a pretty, um, the, the infield, it's not as wild as everyone makes it seem during the actual day and during the race. At nighttime, it's pretty wild, but it, it, it uh, also, it's just, it's a It depends on where, where you're at uh, track-wise. Yes. Um, you know, Daytona yes. is known to get pretty wild. Uh, Talladega. Tal- everyone Talladega. Said Talladega. Go to Talladega. Yes, that. If you want to see a fast race, that's that's where you go, and where the drivers are like two inches off each other's bumpers, driving you know two hundred and fifteen yeah. miles an hour. So yes. Um, so before we wrap up the show, we've got one final segment we want to transition to. So Kate's been pretty quiet today, but she has <laughs> actually prepared some stadium trivia for us, uh, the Stanley Cup edition. Yeah, so, Jillian, you were yes. when we played last time. I, I, uh, I was bad. I lost. Yeah. <laughs> so, I found some questions. Um, DJ learned the hard way. You let me actually finish the questions because I might change complete directions from what you think I'm going to ask. And today, I'm bringing it to hockey and okay do you guys remember back late 80s okay i don't remember the late 80s but yeah <laughs> there was blades of steel yes that was my favorite games growing up and yeah when, so you'd, when you'd start the game and go blades of steel <laughs> i don't remember this one yeah it was, I don't it was, remember it was a nintendo this. game i uh I never owned it, but I, I rented it one time. Like, this is the greatest game ever. And then my parents bought me Wayne Gretzky Hockey, which is the worst, worst hockey game that has ever been made for, for a, a video game console. I'm still bitter about that, like, 25 years later. So thanks a lot, Mom and Dad. I still own my NES, and I still own Blades of Steel. So, but, so what we're going to do is we're going to yell face off. When you know the answer. Okay. Whoever says right. that first gets to answer. And there's five questions. Whoever gets the most points wins. I'm probably going to lose. I'm really bad at this kind of stuff. Like, hor- uh, like the pressure's on, and I'm going to forget everything I know. See, the great thing is I really screwed up, but since I control the editing function, I made it not look as bad in the final product. So. <laughs> Nifty. <laughs> okay, so question number one. During game one of the 2017 Stanley Cup finals, wow, finals, <laughs> an unusual item was thrown onto face, the uh, face, ice. Uh, face off, face off, catfish. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I, was, I was trying to yell Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> oh, snap. No, she was actually going to ask you. <laughs> the, the the actual question was, what was the guy charged with? Oh, no. he was. Oh, I can answer. Well, I can answer part of that. So I can do a face off. You ready? <laughs> <laughs> well, it was catfish I was looking for. So the full question, just to, so the the viewers or the listeners know what the full question was. <laughs> okay. During game one of the 2017 Stanley Cup Finals, an unusual item was thrown onto the ice by a fan. This fan is now facing criminal charges. What in the world did this fan throw? And as Jillian told us, it was a catfish. My guess would have been his dignity. Oh, they dropped it. They dropped the charges. And for any listeners who are interested, 
for game two, there was a, a Fox uh, sports analyst that kind of rallied some troops to they off they were ended up offering Carrie Underwood uh, it was eighty thousand dollars to the charity of her choice if she would throw a catfish on the ice in game two. So she declined, but I have a feeling this isn't over yet, so be prepared. <laughs> so question number two. In 1893, the first Stanley Cup was awarded. However, that was determined by league play in challenge games. What year was the first year professional teams were eligible to win the Stanley Cup? Oh, no. Face-off, 1903. Ah, you're wrong. Ah, okay. <laughs> uh, well, I guess I got a free guess. This year came to mind. I don't know why. Face-off, uh, 1932. Oh, uh, Jillian was closer. It was 1906. Ah, <laughs> ah so close, but so far away. Yeah. So zero points. We get zero. <laughs> okay, number three. Um, when a team wins the Stanley Cup, all the players, coaches, and owners get their name added to it. Every set amount of years, another ring is added. Oh. What is that number of years? Oh, I literally have no idea. Oh, face off seven. Uh, wrong. Uh, uh, face I off. How wrong I was. Twelve. Ooh, so close. Oh, Thirteen. No. Oh. <laughs> I knew so, it was so close. I, I was thinking twelve, thirteen, fourteen, somewhere in there. I knew it was more than ten. Uh, Man, so I am. Close. We're on fire today. See, leave it to Kate <laughs> to come up with impossible questions, except for that first one, which was a, a cupcake. It just oh. happened. Ready for number four? Let's do it. Yes. What city is home to the team that has the most Stanley Face Cup wins? Face off! Oh, damn it. DJ got that. Montreal. Yep. Oh, yeah. Damn it. I can't believe they have 24. That's because it used to be able to rig the league to make it so that you had to play for Montreal. Well, <laughs> that's a uh, controversial okay. statement. Yeah. Well, I, I was going to go in the with day. the theory. It was a lot easier to win when there was only six teams. Well, that's also true. But the, and they, the league was essentially designed where you had to play for Montreal if you were from that anywhere in that area. So, so, it's, so uh, any Canada. It was pretty much. It was pretty much that like the best players had to play for Montreal, so. Ooh, we got a 1-1 one, one tie going into the fifth and final question. It just got interesting, and I don't like to lose even for silly stuff, so. <laughs> okay, ready? Yes. Where will Game 7 of Face the 20... 20- yep. Pittsburgh. Yep. <laughs> ah. I don't even know if the question was. Again. Again. Yeah, well, I didn't make a total idiot of myself this time, so I'm okay So, like, what's the... Just so the user, the listeners can hear, what was the actual question that I so rudely interrupted because I don't like losing? <laughs> Where will Game 7 of the 2017 Stanley Cup be held if the series goes that long? And Pittsburgh is the correct answer. Ding, ding, ding. You have a winner. <laughs> yep. I've become the Toronto Maple Leafs of trivia. <laughs> <laughs> or the Washington Capitals. Oh. You get so close, but can't, hey, can't I, quite close. I, I heard the... Uh, I heard a, uh, a great joke on that topic. What do you call a white Russian without a glass? Or with, oh, I botched the joke. 
without a without, without a, a cup. cup. Thank Ale you, Alexander Ovechkin. Yeah. <laughs> See, I can't even do the joke right either. I suck at trivia and I suck at telling jokes. No, you don't. <laughs> so that being said, let's uh, go ahead and wrap up the show today. So, uh, Jillian, as mentioned earlier, is heading back to Nashville. Uh, one thing I forgot to mention earlier, as a somebody who works in a corporate culture where safety is very important and i think kate will agree with me here you were using a sledgehammer wearing open toe shoes oh i was i was i got I, so much stuff for that i, I noticed so that crap. and i just i just like oh man if, if my what's so funny is that i put the flip-flops on and i was like man if i do hit a sledgehammer get a sledgehammer in my hands i probably shouldn't i was like maybe i even thought they might not let me and I was surprised I was not the only one in flip-flops doing it. But it was kind of warm out. Like, I didn't have a cute pair of sneakers to wear. And I I didn't fully think it through. Like, I didn't really think that I was actually going to get a sledgehammer in my hand. Like, Did I you, didn't know just how easily accessible it was for everybody. Were, were you encouraged to stand on the car to do it? No, that was just because I'm crazy okay. as hell. <laughs> <laughs> That's just because I'm a crazy person. All right, so wrapping up the show, Jillian's going back to Nashville. I'm actually going to Indianapolis here in a couple weeks. So I don't know. Maybe I'll get to St. Elmo's Steakhouse, who has the, uh, uh, the the shrimp cocktail with the sauce that will clear your sinuses. And I am not kidding. It burns, <laughs> but it's awesome. So maybe I'll get there. Maybe I won't. If not, I'll at least get to Shapiro's Deli, another of our hand-picked places from indianapolis um so anyone else have anything they'd like to add before we close go go smashville go, go smashville. smashville okay and i'm just gonna say boo pittsburgh because i don't like Sidney crosby but yeah. <laughs> I, I i'm kind of acting in the role of a journalist so i shouldn't actually be showing sides but that's tough i you know i, I don't care it's it's just, in this case, it's pretty tough because it's like Pittsburgh just won a cup. So it's like you don't want to see well, them win back to back. I, I'm also bitter because, you know, the Blackhawks right now, they have their three cups post lockout, post the big lockout. Yeah. And now, you know, Pittsburgh is two games away from having their third cup post lockout. I don't want to hear about it. So yeah. <laughs> I, I'm bitter. Kate, you have anything to add before we shut down for today? Not today. Not today. You're still prepping for your, your half marathon? Yeah, I leave Thursday. Oh, I didn't realize it was that soon. Yeah. Oh, good. yeah. Oh, wait, so when, and when do you run? I actually am doing a challenge, so I'm running a 5K on that Friday night, so the 10th? 9th? 9th. I think it's the 9th, yeah. Yeah, and then I'm running the half marathon on the morning of the 10th. That oh, sounds wow. like a blast. Yeah, I'll be eating the, <laughs> the four days. I'll be eating tacos in Mexico, so I'll be thinking of you. Okay. And, oh, thank you. and speaking of eating, I hope tomorrow everybody has a happy National Donut Day, Friday, June second. Oh. So everyone eat a donut or a dozen. <laughs> <laughs> I can eat a dozen donuts. I need to get gluten-free ones, but I can do it. I used to be able to. I'm not able to anymore. That's what happens when you get old. <laughs> so, 
So that being said, again, thank you everyone for listening. StadiumScene.com, StadiumScene.tv. Get us on uh, social media, StadiumScene on Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest, and also Stadium underscore Scene on Instagram. And I'm still working on getting the Stadium Scene handle, and it's not going well. So still working on that. Thank you again for listening, and we will see you next time. Don't forget the most important thing, your sauces and rubs. If you get that wrong, your tailgate could be a total dud. To avoid that, order from our friends at BBQ Box. For $24.95 plus shipping and handling, you'll get a sauce or a marinade, a rub or a spice, a delicious edible like jerky, a sample package of premium wood chips, and a custom recipe from four-time barbecue world champion Myron Mixon, showing you what you can do with your BBQ Box. If you're ready to commit long-term, you can subscribe for $24.95 a monthly fee and get a different box every month. Cancel at any time. Go to stadiumscene.com forward slash BBQ and order your BBQ box today. stadiumscene.com forward slash BBQ.